Today's session is titled The Art of Letting Go. I've titled it The Art of Letting Go because that's what it really is, an art form. We, as a collective, have had to unexpectedly let many things go. For some of us, our jobs. For others, the way our jobs used to be. We have had to let go of how life once was and learn how to embrace how life now is. That is what letting go is all about. It's about realizing that life is change, and it's the willingness to welcome that process. The Buddha says that life is suffering, and while that can sound quite depressing, it can also be very liberating. When we no longer expect that life should be free of pain and suffering, we are more able to deal with it as it arises. As I write these words right now, my heart is broken from the process of letting go of someone who is very near and dear to my heart, like family, with whom a relationship has come to an end. What this process has taught me, as has all other pain that I have gone through in my life, is that the only way past pain is to travel right through it. True transformation begins when we embrace the pain that we've been writing from, when we are able to welcome the pain like, like we would welcome joy, when we become friends of the pain, we give it the opportunity to transform into the love that it actually is. There's a quote that I like that says, only love is real. When we leave this earth, we won't be leaving with our possessions or our resentments. We will be leaving with the love that we have in our hearts for the people and the moments that we've shared. Sadly, many of us live this lifetime with a heart that is only partially open, understandably hurt from the past and the pain that others and ourselves had inflicted upon us. This is where the first principle of letting go comes into play. Forgiveness. Forgiveness of yourself and others. I've been leery on what to say about this subject because although I have suffered from emotional abuse, I've been taken advantage of, hurt, and betrayed. I have not suffered from the hands of another to the extent that many others have. But I think that when it comes down to it, forgiveness is helpful to the one who's been hurt. It equals freedom, and in a way, it's a reclaiming of our power. But it should be noted that like in all of life, forgiveness is a process. The trees don't lose all their leaves in one day, and it may take a lifetime to forgive someone for something. Maybe it will never get to that point. And that's okay. There's no one right way, or no one right answer. Many paths can lead us to where we want to be. And once we get to where we want to be, there will always be another mountain to climb. All that really matters is that we love ourselves along the way. For myself personally, forgiving others hasn't really been the problem. Although I've, had, I've held on to resentments in the past, forgiving myself has always been the issue. I've done so many things that I would never do again. But that was then, and this is now. And once again, like Oprah says, when you know better, you do better. When we realize that we're always learning and growing, we understand that the way we act changes over time. Just as we wouldn't expect a newborn baby to walk, we shouldn't expect ourselves to have acted in a way that is different than how we acted in the past, even if that past was yesterday. I like to place emphasis on self-forgiveness and self-compassion because I really think they are the keys to unlocking our best selves. We can't fully move forward in life if part of us is stuck in what we could have done better. That doesn't mean we get lazy and allow ourselves to have a free-for-all path Acting in whichever way we like, it means we understand that we're only acting the way we knew how at a particular point in time. Forgiving ourselves allows us to bring forward a new chance, a fresh start to become something better from one moment to the next. 
And even when someone else hasn't had the ability to forgive us yet, we can send them our love, apologize for our wrongdoing, in person or in our hearts, and then have the compassion and understanding to forgive ourselves. When it comes to forgiving others, there's a saying that says, hurt people hurt people. And I like to remind myself of that when anyone is acting in a way that I feel is unjustly towards me. This, of course, is not an excuse to remain in situations that are abusive, because when we stay in an abusive relationship, we are not truly loving ourselves or the other. We are telling them it's okay for them to take their pain out on us, rather than giving them the space and opportunity they need to heal in their own time. But nonetheless, when we are in small interactions or everyday occurrences, maybe even the social media world, when people are acting in a cruel manner, we can remind ourselves that only people who are hurt hurt people, that what they say never actually has anything to do with us. It's only a reflection of their own pain that they carry inside of themselves. Forgiveness equals inner peace. Sure, it may be difficult to forgive another, but it is more difficult and more harmful for ourselves and our well-being to carry around resentment. As Wayne Dyer says, it's not the snake bite that kills us, but the venom that is left in our blood long after the snake has gone. I find that when I'm able to forgive, there's a space of peace and freedom that opens up inside of me. Since we're all connected, whatever resentment I hold towards another actually negatively impacts myself. If I have the courage and maybe even the audacity to say, you know what, I'm going to take the high road, be the bigger person, and understand that the person who was who has acted in a manner in which I would never act is only acting the way they know how. Maybe I have even acted in that sort of way before in my past. Maybe not. But either way, by being the bigger person and forgiving that person, I not only free them, but I free myself. Principle number two of letting go is surrendering. I love the word surrender, and in my heart, it means surrendering to what is, letting go of trying to control things that I have absolutely no control over. When I picture the word surrender, I picture a tight fist that slowly opens up, allowing whatever that's in its grasp to be set free. When we are tight-fisted, we're clinging and crunching onto something, wanting it to be some way that it's not. We are attempting to control what is actually out of our control. We can spend our entire lives wanting someone or something to be a certain way, other than the way they are now, never opening our glass and allowing life to be what it is, thus actually receiving what it has to offer. For some of us who have not had a so easy life, it can be tricky to trust that life has your back. But from my own experience, I've noticed that it has been the hardships that have really developed my character, more so than the happy times, although I have appreciated them. The hardships have helped me develop more compassion, understanding, forgiveness, love, and most of all, presence, which is the greatest gift that life has to offer, really, is presence. There have been days where I couldn't look at a moment ahead of me because of the uncertainty that I faced. That uncertainty forced me fully into the present moment, where peace lies. Being able to cultivate presence in our day-to-day lives will transform the experience of life itself. Surrendering is allowing whatever moment you are in to be what it is. It is accepting whatever arises, and even more so, loving whatever arises. This does not mean do not take action. In fact, when we surrender, we are able to have more clarity in which action to take next, 
the action that is best for our well-being and the well-being of those around us. If we have a preference, a dream, or a desire that is in alignment with our well-being, we can move towards that, knowing that whatever ends up unfolding in the process is for our highest good and for our evolution. If things mess up along the way, it's meant to teach you something. We are going to surrender in those moments, knowing that life itself may know a little more about life than ourselves. I think we've all had those times before when we have really wanted something or someone but didn't get it, only to be thankful weeks or years down the road that life didn't give us exactly what we wanted when we wanted it because it had something better in store for us. I mean, just take a moment to imagine life giving you every single thing that you wanted the moment you wanted it. Fun, right? For a little, then what would be the point? The excitement would wear off eventually and we would be left with everything we wanted, nothing to strive for, no reason to change or evolve, and life itself would be rendered pointless. If you have children, you understand this concept, as there are so many moments where they will swear to you that they know they're right, that they need that certain something now, or that they know how life works. They just know it. It doesn't matter what you say or how you explain it, they know it. And just like us, when they get a little older, they realize that there was a wiser perspective all along, that maybe they didn't know after all. How are we really supposed to know <laughs> what is best for us? When I hurt my back, I didn't think that that was what was best for me. I resisted every moment. Now, losing someone I love, it doesn't feel good. I therefore don't think it's best resisting the very process. I'm sure that it will lead me to something better than I could have ever imagined, and if not, will have made me evolve into a better human being. And when I say better, I mean more loving. In this situation, I have a choice. Life is always giving us a choice. I can resist this process, fight it and resent it and blame it, or I can surrender to what is, accept it, forgive it, and know that life has a plan. Have you ever noticed that when you loosen your grip on things, they tend to come towards you, not run from you? like when you tighten your control, like that job offer you've been waiting for or that text back you've been longing for. The more we obsess about it, the more it eludes us. As soon as we actually let go because we don't care anymore, our phone rings. Funny how life works like that sometimes. The Tao says that when you want to be given everything, give everything up. It took me a while to understand this, but I think it speaks to the act of surrendering, of trusting that no matter what is going on, something good can come out of it. When Michelangelo carved his angel statue out of marble, he said, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. Just like the highest version of ourselves, in us all along, only to be carved by light through hardship, adversity, pain, laughter, and joy, to be then set free as the masterpieces we've been all along. This brings me to the third and final principle of letting go. Connecting to the breath. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes the only way past pain is through it. What has helped me face pain in my life is connecting to my breath. I've come to realize that with me, throughout everything, no matter how intense the pain, suffering, or adversity may be, is my breath. The actual act of letting go feels like an expansive, deep breath out. Our breath is what is inside of us that is real, i.e. never changing. It is our life. And connecting to it, we can get to the place where we feel that all is well, even if it doesn't seem so on the outside. 
This is the breath practice that I do when I'm experiencing pain, suffering, or wanting to let go. Breathing in, I acknowledge my pain. Breathing out, I release it. Or, breathing in, I acknowledge what I can't control. Breathing out, I release it. Or, breathing in, I accept that life has a plan for me. Breathing out, I trust life to fulfill that plan. For a deeper practice, we can bring to mind something that we've been holding on to, whether it be a relationship, a resentment, something that someone has said to us or about us, a belief that we've had about ourselves that we know is harming our well-being. We can bring it to the forefront of our minds. If it's a situation that has happened in the past, we bring ourselves there. We see it in our mind's eye. We take a deep breath in and a deep breath out asking ourselves what we need to hear in that moment, allowing ourselves to feel whatever feeling that moment brings up. It can be a feeling that we have been running from. We feel it fully now, allowing it to be there. Take a moment to thank that feeling for what it has taught us and the moment for what it taught us. We then release it. It's no longer needed. We thank it, but it's no longer needed. And it's free to be released with a deep breath out anytime the feeling arises again. This is something that I practice continuously when a feeling arises that is uncomfortable for me. Whether it be fear, anxiety, jealousy, or frustration, I allow it to be there. I acknowledge it with a deep breath in. And then, with a deep breath out, I release it so that I'm not storing it in my body but rather allowing it to move through me and be released. You will notice that the more that you do this, the less those feelings arise, or they arrive with less intensity. I have already taught my daughter to make this distinction between herself and her emotions. Oh, there's little anger coming up inside of you. I, you are not the emotion that is coming up inside of you. You are the awareness behind it. That eases us from the feeling of guilt when we feel angry, frustrated, sad, or jealous, or fearful. All humans have these ranges of emotions, and our bodies have gotten used to certain patterns of these emotions. When they come up, we allow them to be. We take a deep breath in and acknowledge them. We realize that we are not them, but the ones who notice them. We take a deep breath out, thanking the emotion of, let's say, jealousy for coming, and allowing it to leave. If it wants Day we let it. We don't fight it. Fighting it makes it want to be there more. We let it be there and eventually it will go. I want to add that you don't have to have suffered immensely to become the highest version of you. In fact, it could be awesome, or it is awesome if you can become the highest version of yourself without the need for pain. Don't go out looking for adversity in order to shape yourself into the best version of yourself possible. Of course you can turn into that person without pain through love for yourself and others. Belief in yourself and others, you are your best self. Although pain can be a catalyst for transformation and goodness, you have could live a perfectly normal life and extend more help and love to others than someone who has experienced only tragedy. It's just a matter of choice. And what I wanted to speak about today was our ability to transform our pain into our greatness, if those are the cards we've been dealt. To recap everything and give you some more practical tips, here are some steps on letting go. We Number one, we can contemplate death. I know it sounds a little grim, 
But when there's something that's bothering me, even not so little or not so little, I often think about the fact that I could die tomorrow. Or in two days. If I only had one or two days left to live, how would I look at this situation differently? How would I live my life differently? How would I live my day differently? I'm sure I would do a couple more things with more insight, excitement and enthusiasm. I wouldn't be so aggravated or frustrated maybe with my daughter whenever she asked me a question for the 10th time. I would take the time to listen to her and respond to her question because I knew, I would know, sorry, that I that I didn't have a lot of days with her left. So how does contemplating the fact that at any moment any of us can walk outside and that could be your last day, how can that Contemplating that change the way that you live today. Number two, movement is actually good for letting go. We can store trauma and definitely store tension in our bodies. In Eckhart Tolle's teachings, he describes that when two ducks get into a fight, it never lasts long. They soon separate and fly off in opposite directions. Each duck then flaps its wings vigorously several times. This releases the surplus energy that built up in them during the fight. Just as ducks flap their wings, we should move our bodies as a way of physically letting go of store attention. Forgiving ourselves and others. For a while, I practice forgiving myself every morning and every night, in the shower for some reason. Every day, I would carry around this huge knapsack of guilt, tracking all the things I've done wrong rather than recognizing what I've done right. I probably spent a whole year forgiving myself every morning and night, allowing each day to be a new beginning in which I was better than myself better than the day before, never competing with others, only improving upon myself. I've now gotten to the point where I no longer find the need to practice forgiving myself because I've transitioned into loving whatever arises. But if you are someone who carries a lot of guilt, the process of forgiving yourself daily may help. Here's a little something you can try to say to yourself. I acknowledge and forgive myself for whatever it is that you're carrying guilt about, realizing that I was only acting the way that I knew how in that moment. I go forward in this moment, setting myself free to become the version of myself I'm meant to be. Forgiving others. Write a list of everyone you still hold blame for hurting you and try to forgive them. Forgiving the, forgive them knowing that when you forgive them, you free them and you free yourself so that you can move forward living your fullest life without a part of you stuck in the past. Write a list of things we want to let go of and then burn it. I did this a couple weeks ago, and I found it quite helpful. I wrote down all the things that no longer serve me. Thoughts and beliefs about myself, like I will only be happy when, I can only accomplish my goals when, I can't do this because. I wrote down the people, places, and things that no longer serve me, and then I let the paper on fire. Cleaning out our homes. We can actually physically use this time to clean out our closets. I know I need to. As we clean our closets, getting rid of or donating the things that we no longer use, we can say to ourselves, as I declutter my home, I declutter my mind of what is no longer serving me. My goal is eventually to only have the things in my home that I absolutely love. Before moving the last time, I only kept 33 objects in my closet, a tip that someone had given me. It was more difficult than it seemed to get rid of so many things, but it was also so freeing, and left in my closet were only the things that I actually wore. Connecting to our breath. As I went over earlier, using our breath can be a very helpful process in the actual act of letting go. Breathing in, we acknowledge our pain, or the feeling, person, place, or thing that we would like to let go of. And with a deep exhale, we release it, 
and repeat whenever is needed. Thank you for listening today. Next week, we'll be going over meditation and mindfulness. Thank you.